Welcome to From the Front Porch, a conversational podcast about books, small business, and life in the South. I can live with you hating me, he said to the closed door. I just can't live without you. Julia Quinn, an offer from a gentleman. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. And today I'm joined by From the Front Porch Royals correspondent, Courtney Kinsey. Courtney has been a frequent contributor on the podcast, and she's back this week to debrief the Netflix sensation Bridgerton and what books you might want to read if you've got a Simon Bassett hangover. Hey, Courtney. Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm ready to talk about Bridgerton because we haven't really (laughs) talked about it at all, you and I. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I wanted to get your thoughts and yeah, what you thought about the show. Did you you watched it, right? I did, yes. Jordan and I watched it together, thinking it was going to be Downton Abbey esque. <laughs> um, it is definitely more gossip girl than Downton Abbey. Um, yes. plus a lot of open door scenes that are open to me. And <laughs> <laughs> Into the world. So Jordan and I had an interesting watching experience. But what did you think about the show? <laughs> well, I watched it by myself. Um, so already <laughs> off to a better start, I would say. Yes. I honestly I really loved the series. And I think Gossip Girl Meets Downton Abbey is such a great description because I did find myself at the end of every episode with Lady Whistledown's kind of summary of what had just transpired in each episode I really did just expect her to say xoxo like I was waiting for that moment but yeah it it was definitely a lot more than I anticipated going into it um I had actually like just finished reading the first book by the time I started watching the series because I had a copy of the book my sister had lent it to me because she knew the series was coming out and she was like, you should read this. It's really good. It's actually a favorite series of one of our mutual good friends. And she has been recommending it for years. And we both just kind of like, finally, you know, she wore us down and we were going to read these books. (laughs) And so I had like just finished reading the first book. I actually have the second book ready to start soon. Um, But yeah, like I, I just didn't expect it. And I should have known better because it is, a Shonda Rhimes production. And if she can, you know, make that happen in a hospital lounge (laughs) room, like she's going to make it happen in a Regency romance. That's correct. I feel like I definitely should have seen it coming. Um, Mm -hmm. I was not, I have not read the books. And in fact, even finding a quote to read at the top of this episode was a lesson in Annie's mortification. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Because I, a lot of the quotes were not, it's not that they were inappropriate. They just mm-hmm. were like very, I don't know if you watched The Bachelor this week, but it would have Ugh. been like me reading Chris Harrison's novel, like <laughs> to the podcast listenership. Yeah. And so it was kind of hard to find a quote, but I will say, I think one of my 
I'm actually wondering if I should read the books because one of my issues with the show was just that I had a hard time keeping track of the storylines. Like Mm -hmm. I felt a little bit like it was all over the place and I couldn't tell. I also um, really was most, this is very Annie. I was most interested in the Bridgerton brother that was least shown. Like I really was here. I find most handsome. I can't remember which Bridgerton, but it's not the one with the pork chop sideburns. (laughs) (laughs) it's it's, I think maybe the artist the artist brother I am very here for and I don't think this season was really his storyline very much at all I'm wondering if each season is going to be a different Bridgerton maybe yeah so that's how the book series goes um they're all the one you're referring to is Benedict the second brother okay so they're all they're all named alphabetically. So in order of their birth, <laughs> they have an, an alphabetical name. So the series does. There are eight books in the series, and they each focus on a different sibling. So okay. the books don't go in order of age. So like the first book, the Duke and I, is about Daphne, and she's the okay. eldest daughter, but she's technically the fourth child of the family. And then the second book is about um anthony the eldest brother that you see a lot of in the series yes okay so shonda and team are probably this season felt like it belonged more or less to daphne and so maybe the next season will belong to anthony and then i'll just have to wait until it's benedict's turn yeah (laughs) just like yeah it definitely does well, so from reading the book, I will say there are a lot of things in the series that are not following the same timeline, which I mean, that happens with pretty much every book to movie or TV adaptation. But there mm-hmm. are there are definitely some things that are revealed in the series that come in later books um, and some things that are just like totally different altogether. But I think at the end of the series, you do see kind of some foreshadowing that I, I think if they do a second season, it will definitely follow Anthony's um, story. I also really loved, um, and to me, the hero of the show is the sister. And now I'm trying to remember her name if it's alphabetical, but it's the sister whose bangs actually don't look too terrible. Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> Eloise. <laughs> Eloise. She is my favorite. I adore She's her. Great. She, to me, is the hero of the show. Um, So I'm most interested in her and in uh, the brother Benedict. And I guess I will just anxiously await. I felt like it was a fine show, like, obviously, because I binged it. Like, and the bar is pretty low these days, I will admit. But, like, I binged it. I enjoyed it. Jordan enjoyed it. I think we just both... It definitely skewed more Gossip Girl than Downton Abbey, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, and so it still didn't quite scratch like the Downton Abbey itch maybe that we have. But yeah. I mean, I liked it. I liked it enough to be enmeshed in it there for a couple of days. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's not it's not like listen, it's not critically acclaimed. Like this <laughs> I don't I don't see this becoming like you know, the West Wing where we're going to have just like eight seasons and oh, it's just so well loved. But it's just fun. I mean, especially it came out Christmas Day. So I feel like over that kind of like weird week between Christmas and New Year's when you just need something to like curl up on the couch with and, you know, just occupy some time. I think it's the perfect binge for that. Do you think, let's see, which is better Emily in Paris or Bridgerton? Oh, Bridgerton, for sure. 
<laughs> I've definitely, to me, they are about the same, but I'd probably agree that Bridgerton is a little bit better. But I found yeah. I find them to be similar in that, again, I binged Emily in Paris. Don't really know too much about it. Like, <laughs> like, like if you're like, Annie, give me a rundown. I'd be like, let me think about that for a second. Because so I like Emily and she's <laughs> in Paris. <laughs> yeah. And that's about all I know. I think there's a hot Parisian guy. Um, yeah. But yeah, to me, they're kind of the same in that I do think they right now, especially we need like escape and mm-hmm. I don't know, something kind of fun. And so I've, I do think Bridgerton fits that bill. Yeah, for sure. Which brings me to if people have watched Bridgerton, which I'm I'm assuming by now you've either binged Bridgerton once or twice or you've not watched it at all because you have no intention of watching it. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah, I feel like you've either started it by now or you haven't. Um, <laughs> but if you are left with this Bridgerton hangover or you miss that Duke licking a spoon, like what are some things? What are some things that we could be reading that would be similar to the vibe of Bridgerton? And I thought that you would be perfect for this because I think you and I will have, I hope, like different, we might have some overlap, but I think we might have some Mm -hmm. different ideas for what readers can be diving into next. So why don't you start us off with a book recommendation? Okay, so my first recommendation is actually one of my favorite books that I read last year. I'm not sure that it came out in 2020. It might've come out in 2019, but I read it last year and it was one of my favorites. And it's To Have and To Hoax by Martha yes. Waters. Okay. That's my first one too, yes. I, I think I lent this to you, which you is did. such a great turn of events that I am. I was lending <laughs> books to you. My first <laughs> Sherpa. Um, <laughs> but I just loved this book so much. And there, I feel like there are some parallels in the stories in in which like this book is kind of about a married couple that's had a sort of falling out and they're both kind of, let's just say stubborn, maybe vindictive people. (laughs) And they kind of take this opportunity to um, kind of get back at the other, like one of them, the husband has an accident and the wife kind of rushes to his side only to realize like he's really fine. And then she decides to get revenge by faking a serious illness to make him feel bad that he's neglected her. And it's just kind of this back and forth where they're, they're very deceptive towards each other, but it's all kind of for the betterment of their, of saving their relationship. So it's super funny. Um, It still definitely has that Regency romance flair. It is a little bit, we should have come up with a Bridgerton, like rate, like a hot scale, like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to, like if it's like really steamy we could say like i i now i can't think of one but like this we is should like rate not, it by spoons do by spoons. spoons oh my gosh okay i would say okay so five spoons is like really a lot yeah so so <laughs> steamy so many spoons <laughs> okay um i would give this and now it's been a minute since i read it I would maybe give this like three and a half spoons. Does that feel was, right to you? Yes. I was going to okay. say it's at least a three spoon read to me. Okay. I've got one on my list that is for sure a four to five spoon <laughs> one. So I'm going to give this three and a half. Um, yeah, it is. Because yeah. I recall being relatively, um, r- yes, relatively blushy over a few pages in to heaven to hoax. So that okay. sounds right to me. Perfect. Um, I, 
I think I think that's a good pick because the relationship between Daphne and the Duke in Bridgerton is so similar to the relationship, the husband-wife relationship into having to hoax. Like you've got this like, because you've got this relationship, this husband-wife relationship where they hate each other, but you know it's just because they really love each other. Yeah. And that is the Duke and Daphne relationship to me. So mm-hmm. I think that is the perfect, if people are really craving the vibes of Bridgerton, I think to have into hoax by Martha Waters is perfect. And I do think it was like a paperback original last year, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. My next one is more if you liked the familial aspect of the Bridgerton family, then I'm recommending A Well-Behaved Woman by Teresa Ann Fowler. Hmm. Uh, this is a book about the Vanderbilt family. So if you want to come back to this side of the pond and uh, kind of think about American royalty more or less, um, then this would be perfect. It is loosely based on the actual Vanderbilt family. Therese Ann Fowler really does her research. She is known for her book Z, which is about Zelda Fitzgerald. And so this is her book about the Vanderbilts. So it's about, yes, a love story. Like you've got one of the Vanderbilt daughters trying to kind of find her match, but it's really just about the Vanderbilt family, their wealth, what they're, what they did with their wealth. And so in that way, if Bridgerton is appealing to you because of those sibling relationships and because of what each of those siblings wound up doing, I think the Vanderbilt story will be equally appealing. Plus you get the added bonus of feeling smarter because you're reading about actual historical events. So like if you need, if you, if you liked Bridgerton, but like you also need just a little bit more meat on that bone, then Mm -hmm. I would say go for a well-behaved woman, which is easily a one spoon situation. (laughs) I was just about to say, you'll feel smarter, (laughs) but you only get one spoon. (laughs) That's right. Just one spoon. (laughs) It's a trade off. Okay. That's right. All right. Well, I teased it. So I guess I have to go with my four, four spoon next <laughs> recommendation. Actually, it's a twofold. So again, pretty obvious comparison, but um, the League of Extraordinary Women series by E.B. Dunmore, um, which the first book in the series is Bringing Down the Duke. And then the second is A Rogue of One's Own. These are also kind of set in the same time period as Bridgerton. I really liked these books because they also have this aspect of there's like a instead of, like there is a lot of romance. Like I said, this is easily the first one is for sure like a four spoon. The second okay. one is also pretty much I'm going to say four and a quarter spoons because I think <laughs> it was a little bit I think it pressed a little bit further. But there's this really cool element of female politics in these stories because the the main female characters are suffragists in England and they're trying to help women get the vote. So in the series, there are these women who are kind of trying to infiltrate parliament and work against the very male-dominated political system to try to help women get the vote and have more rights. Like the first book focuses more on this marriage property act where basically I I think it has something to do with women um, if they're if they're not married, they basically can't inherit property or basically like own any of their own property. The second book focuses on um, trying to take over a publishing house to be able to publish stories and basically like essays for women by other women. So there are these like very politically minded elements of the story, but then there's also a lot of romance. Again, a four spoon rating, 
know that going into it, but I really enjoyed these books. And there's a third book coming out this fall. Um, Each one kind of focuses on a different woman in this little group of suffragettes. And so this third book is going to focus on the third friend in the group. Her name's Hattie. So these are fun, easy reads um, if you're looking for still something kind of in that romance category. I want to know, do you think I would like these? I think you would for the political aspect. Um, Mm -hmm. Because again, like it is, they are still, I think they're very well researched. I think that a lot of the information and even some of the people that they reference are like real historical figures in England. So I think you would like it, but you would definitely... I think skip over some of the saucier content. That's what I'll yeah. Say. I I just think it sound they sound so good. And as we were saying, like a well behaved woman is great. It is definitely a one spoon. And so if you mm-hmm. want, it sounds like the historical depth, but also some more steamy parts. Then this series is for you. Yeah, I think so. Okay, my next one is a book I've talked about on the podcast often, but I actually do think it would be a fun read after Bridgerton, and that is Joe and Laurie by Margaret Stoll and Melissa de la Cruz. This is a young adult novel based on Louisa May Alcott's Little Women. It is very obvious from the title that these authors are doing us all a favor, or at least those of us (laughs) who read Little Women when we were eight years old, and just perhaps wrongly assumed at the time that Joe and Lori should be together forever. And these authors actually do a pretty masterful job, I think, of paying homage to the original Little Women story and to Louisa May Alcott, but also bringing my eight-year-old dreams to life and (laughs) um, matching up Joe and Lori together. And if you kind of like this, yes, love-hate or hate-to-love romance storyline, then I think Joe and Lori's story, which is probably familiar to many, Mm -hmm. would be exactly kind of what you're looking for. I also like that in terms of steam, this is probably a two and a half because it's a young adult novel, but it is romantic. Like it is Joe and Lori kind of finding love while also, again, still being really respectful of Louisa May Alcott's original intents. In Joe and Lori, the novel, um, these two authors kind of imagine that Joe has written the first part of Little Women. Mm-hmm. And it's already been published. And she is now trying to write the second part. And her publisher, as in real life with Louisa May Alcott, the publisher is trying to pressure Joe to get her, to marry her siblings off, like in these books, to marry them off. And, and including herself, to marry herself to someone. And um, so she's trying to write this book while also trying to decide if she's in love with Laurie. And what I liked is that the real, I'm using air quotes because it's obviously a fictional relationship, but the real Joe and Laurie are falling in love, but she doesn't want to share that with the world in the form of the books. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's a very clever way to kind of still pay homage to the original storyline, but also to kind of do fan fiction essentially about yeah. women. So I think it's very clever and I think it's a really sweet romantic book while also my one of my favorite rom-com tropes is kind of this hate to love or best friend to lovers kind of thing. And so, sorry for using the word lovers, <laughs> my person broke a personal <laughs> rule. It's fine. Um, but I think this is a two and a half spoon read. Highly recommend. I read it around this time last year and it's just like one of those like cozy 
I think I read it with a giant smile on my face the whole time. Um, it was just really comforting, fun book. So Joe and Laurie yeah. by Margaret Stahl and Melissa De La Cruz. I like that. That sounds great. Um, it's lovely. Okay, my next book is actually a series. And this is kind of more so if you're interested in like digging into a similarly like familial storyline where there's like several books that you can really read and kind of dive into this one family dynamic. Um, And I'm really excited to share this suggestion, not because it's necessarily the best thing I've ever read, but you will appreciate as the hereby known Royals correspondent, the connection of how I found this book. So um, what I'm recommending is the Cazalette Chronicles by Elizabeth Jane Howard. This is a series of books that follows um, this family from, I think, 1937 to 1947. So um, each book, I mean, all of the family members are in every book, but they just kind of follow the family through obviously like in that time period, like time of war, like it gets into World War II. Um, The first book, which I've read is called The Light Years. It is, I think, kind of hard to find. I found it at our library um, because I think that Mm -hmm. they, I know the author died in 2014. So they're kind of hard to find. I think she wrote them in the 80s. But what I like about this series is that this series was described by one Camilla Parker Bowles as the story she would take to a deserted island. So I read <laughs> I read this article about Camilla's favorite books, and she had like five recommendations of her favorite books. And this one, this was the one she said, if I had to take one book to a deserted island, the light years would be it. So naturally, I rushed to the library to find it. Um, And it is, it is good. It's not as good, I think, as the Bridgerton series. It's not quite as accessible because it was not written like in the 1930s, but it's, it's written about that time period. It's very long, but it is about like a family and they're all basically adults. So a lot of it is about like their marriages. Some of them are having affairs. So like it's, it's very dramatic and a little bit juicy, but um, as far as like a spoon rating, I think there are some parts that get to maybe like a three spoon, but it's mostly like a two spoon rating. Okay. But yeah, so this series I think would be great if you're looking for another kind of long haul situation where you're really like staying with these same characters for many, many books. So I I wondered when you said this title, I was like, wait, I have heard about that. Why have I heard about that? And it's because of that article, yeah. <laughs> that Camilla Parker Bowles story, because, okay, this is the difference between our reading taste. And it's why you are so impressive to me, because I looked this up and I was like, heck no, that book is too long. Like, <laughs> yeah. I like, couldn't do it. I couldn't commit to it. But I love that you could. I also feel like we learned so much about Camilla. This is just an aside. I feel like we learned so much about Camilla from her book list. And did you see oh, yeah. she's basically Oprah now overseas, like doing her own little book club? Did you see yeah. that? Yeah, for sure. She's recommending um, Where the Crawdads Sing, Little little Slice of Home. I will tell you another, I read another book on her list. Um, It was called Restless, and it's like a spy, like a wartime spy book. It was excellent. Mm -hmm. Like, she actually does, I think, have good taste in books. Good for you, Camilla. Yeah. um, And I do love, shout out to the Thomas County Public Library for having that book. (laughs) 
I think they're coming through. Well, look, um, I was going to say, we're having trouble. We can't stock at the bookshelf the Bridgerton books right now. They all um, had to go into reprint. And so Mm. we are waiting. I think the first one might be coming back. um, It might be available to us starting in March, I want to say. So um, shout out to libraries, for your local libraries, because some of these books are not available all the time at any bookstores. We obviously want your support, but also sometimes we can't get the books you want. So check out your local library. Yeah. Okay, my next one is my four spoon read. Um, and this may be an obvious comparison, but part of while I was watching Bridgerton, I could not help but think about Jasmine Guillory's books. Oh, I yeah. feel like Jasmine Guillory is writing to me what I would call like, I don't know, Jane Austen inspired or Regency era inspired literature, but for the modern era, like a lot of the tropes and plots that she is taking to me are some of my very favorite things about, I don't know, the earliest days of of, of romantic or r- romantic comedy literature. Mm-hmm. And so, but Jasmine Guillory is placing them obviously in the modern era. Uh, so the one to me that is the most obvious comparison to Bridgerton or especially I think to the relationship of Duke and Daphne is the I think it is the first book in the series each of these books can be read standalone but it is The Wedding Date mm-hmm. by Jasmine Guillory so The Wedding Date it, it is the first one I ever read I am trying to remember if it's the first one in the series itself but it uh, has these two I was about to say stars because I cannot believe speaking <laughs> of Shonda why what is Shonda doing like why has nobody turned Jasmine Guillory's books into movies I don't understand I know it. I'm really hoping it's coming soon surely it is like it feels so obvious if they feel very cinematic to me and so Anyway, The Wedding Date is about these two people. Um, the guy it has just been dumped and he's got to go to a wedding without a plus one. Oh, no. What is he going to do? And he gets on this elevator and he gets stuck in this elevator with this beautiful woman. And he ends up striking this up this conversation. I love when people get stuck in elevators. It's another <laughs> trope that I really appreciate. And so um, they have this really kind of fun chemistry spark and he invites her as his plus one they have this great time um i think i was i and look i really like this book but this was my first ever jasmine guillory and i remember thinking oh this is so cute like they they just had this little meet cute in this elevator and then things just escalate um into really spoony steamy times and so I like I remember my initial thought was, oh, what is happening? Because it happened so fast. Now I am accustomed to these books. And so I know what Jasmine Guillory is doing and I can see what is coming. Um, But they basically have this romantic night together and then they have to go their separate ways. This was just like a one night, you know, take a person to a wedding kind of thing. But they still keep in touch and, you know, chaos and and romantic plot lines ensue. I found this book. I like Jasmine Guillory's books a lot. They're delightful. I, as a PG 13 reader do sometimes have to skim a few pages just to get the gist, just to get what I need and then move on. Uh, so it is to me a solid, I, and I think almost all of Jasmine Guillory books are like a four spoon situation. Yeah, I would say that's fair. Four spoon. Um, and I would also you. add, I almost think, um, did you read the wedding party? Which I don't think the, I read that one. That's the, the second one. book. Yeah. Yes. So I um, I almost think that one is also very Bridger. I mean, they all are. I see your point about like the series in general. But that one is actually, I think, maybe even better 
comparison to like the Duke and Daphne relationship because it's kind of about um it's the coworker of the character um in the first book and then the best friend and they're kind of they've always kind of been at odds with one another and then they I did read that one up. yeah they kind of spark yeah. the relationship so that it kind of has that like hatred turn to attract this thing yeah, that's true because this relationship in the wedding date is imme- they're immediately attracted to one another. Yeah. Um and there's not it, the the tropes in this one are are more like the meet cute or whatever, but you're yeah. right that I forgot about the wedding party. That's another good one. I really do think if you liked Bridgerton for like the the drama and the gossip girl part of it and just the Shonda Rhimes of it all, I think Jasmine Guillory is the obvious comparison. Again, I don't understand. Shonda has this whole deal with Netflix and I don't understand why the Jasmine Guillory books weren't like first up on the list. I know. I I think that that is a misstep, but I like this opportunity. Yeah. I, I hope that it still happens and maybe the success of Bridgerton will like lead to that. Like maybe she will start doing more adaptations, but yeah, I, if I'm Jasmine Gilroy, I'm just sitting there like, hello, like, it's me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is why I watch every, all the, like, I watch Bridgerton. I watch Set It Up over and over again. I'm going to watch To All the Boys I Love Before Part 3 because I just feel like if I keep watching them and millions of people keep watching them, Netflix will know this is what we like. Yeah. And so they'll have to keep making them. But they have to be good, Netflix. They can't, I, poor centineo kid i just feel like not every one of those is gonna hit (laughs) yeah listen we gotta gotta talk about noah um (laughs) okay my last suggestion is gonna take us back to high school guys i think i think maybe some of us aren't giving jane austen her her due i think that if you're into again the regency period and you maybe want to go a little bit more a literal classic. I think you got to hit up Emma, maybe some Northanger Abbey, like something kind of in that time period that is, I think those books are still very smart and funny and heartfelt, but very few spoons. I mean, like those people back in the day probably were like, oh, this is a three spoon read. But like now to read it, you're like, wow, it's maybe like one and a half spoons. (laughs) This is so fun that you mentioned this because one of my reading resolutions, which we talked about on the episode last week, is to read, and you didn't know this because that episode hasn't aired yet, uh, but it's to read um, four of Jane Austen's books because- Oh, I love that. Yeah. My bookseller confession is that I've only ever read Pride and Prejudice, which (gasps) feels- Yeah. Like a trap. That's exactly- That is the correct response, Courtney. Like I just feel like I- um, missed out. And I, as somebody who loves the romantic comedy and who loves Jane Austen and who, um, is interested in her as a person and as an Mm -hmm. author, I can, I need to rectify this error. And so one of my 2020 reading resolutions is to read Jane Austen's work. And I started with Northanger Abbey. That's the one I'm reading right now. Perfect. Yeah. I just think, I think we forget it. I mean, there's, I feel so much pressure when new books come out and like there's so many good books like we are living in a good time I think for like contemporary fiction like I think there's always so many good books coming out but like there's nothing wrong with pretending you're in high school and like reading these books that you once complained about but I feel like now would appreciate I might hop on that resolution with you I might adopt that as one of my own because I, I it's been a while since I read 
some Austin and that's shame on me for that, honestly. <laughs> like, yeah, well, I think you're absolutely right. We're so busy reading. I mean, I'm sitting, I'm sitting at my table. I literally have a stack of seven contemporary fiction books that I'm like working my way through so that I can mm-hmm. talk about them on a event I'm hosting tomorrow. And it's like, that's great. And they're all really good. And that's the problem was we're living in like this golden age of modern and contemporary lit and frontless literature. And so it's making me not read backlist, much less classic literature. Right. And so I felt like if I take, if I read a book every quarter, then it can be something that like I read in between other things. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, let me know if you jump on that train because um, we can do podcast episodes about them because <laughs> I'm so excited. Like I think Hunter's going to do one with me. Um, and so, yeah, I'm. this is something that I missed. I did, like I said, Pride and Prejudice in high school, but I didn't mm-hmm. really do the others. And so I'm very excited to get to try them. Yeah. That brings me to my last one, which is related. My last one is uh, also a, I would say, I'm going to say a one and a half spoon read, but it is The Jane Austen Society by Natalie oh. Jenner. So if you love Jane Austen, um, then I think these are for you. But these, this is this is not a Regency period book. This is really about Jane Austen's impact on her community and in England, what they what the citizens of her community decided to do in order to show appreciation for her work. Mm-hmm. So it is it kind of follows all of these different people who love Jane Austen's work and who want to make sure her memory is kind of kept intact. And as somebody who, uh, I'm sorry, this is going to sound like flex, but as somebody who's been over there <laughs> and who got to go to, who got to go to her home, this was really just a special book. It's not maybe like, the best piece of literature I've ever read, but it was a lovely portrayal of the group of people who kind of banded together and decided her memory was worth preserving and her Mm -hmm. legacy was worth preserving, particularly locally where she was from. And so I love that in and of itself. And then the characters are just delightfully British and charming. (laughs) So if you liked maybe the tame, the tamer parts of Bridgerton, like the Jane Austen Society to me is a Susie approved PG oh, book. Okay. So Perfect. yeah. So if that's what you're looking for, then I think this is a very charming, comforting little piece of literature that also gives you insight into the power of Jane Austen and kind of the legacy that she left behind and what people had to do in order to preserve it, which I'm I'm very inspired by. So that is The Jane Austen Society by Natalie Jenner. It came out in hardback last year. So I'm going to fingers crossed say it potentially will be released in paperback this year. Oh, good. Awesome. Okay. Before we wrap up, can I make a tiny plug? Yes, Bridgerton related. Have Please. you... Have you been following along with Bridgerton the musical? Uh, on TikTok slash where I see it on Instagram. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure that anyone that's listening to this has familiarized themselves with Abigail Barlow. Um, I think her Instagram handle is at Abigail Barlow with two W's. Um, I do have notifications turned on so that when <laughs> she posts something new, I get a notification. Um, but this songbird has basically started writing her own original music, also with the help of her friend, who is a composer extraordinaire. Um, but they're writing music and lyrics based on the Bridgerton series. So 
really just based on kind of like the characters that you see in the Netflix version and just like scenes and things that happen. And it is so good. I don't want to hear about Ratatouille, the TikTok musical, but like Bridgerton, the TikTok musical is giving me life these days. I am so impressed with these people. And I hope somehow they're monetizing this because I just feel like she is so talented. So and talented. I I don't know. I hope Shonda's watching. I hope Netflix <laughs> is watching. It's it's very impressive. Like I yeah. I am very impressed. And the music is really good. And uh, she has a fantastic voice. It is so good. She's American, but I mean her like she sings with a British accent. I'm not a musical person, so forgive me for that very like elementary explanation but um and then like I don't know how TikTok works I've never downloaded TikTok but like then people started like male lead singers started yes. like replying to her TikTok videos and like duetting these songs and it's blows my mind that there are people like that, that. Are like on the social media not complaining about stuff but like <laughs> giving us content it is amazing yeah, it's like I haven't done a full deep dive, but it's like those sea shanty things that are oh, <laughs> happening. Yeah. <laughs> like I haven't jumped on board that train, but I will say as somebody who is, I think, especially fatigued right now from social media, mm-hmm. I do love the reminders that, wait, like people are out there creating really lovely things yeah. and giving us something to look forward to, which is really kind. Yeah, I love it. Please check it out. Good Yes, everyone, please, please do follow Abigail. What a fantastic, what fantastic work she's doing. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much, Courtney, for breaking this down for us. I hope we have given people good book recommendations. I think we have for think their so. Bridgerton hangover. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. This was so much fun. From the Front Porch is a weekly podcast production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in South Georgia. You can follow The Bookshelf's daily happenings on Instagram at BookshelfTville, and all the books from today's episode can be purchased online through our store website, www.bookshelfthomasville.com. A full transcript of today's episode can be found at fromthefrontporchpodcast.com. Special thanks to Dylan and his team at Studio D Production for sound and editing and for our theme music, which sets the perfect warm and friendly tone for our Thursday conversations. This week, I'm reading Liberty by Caitlin Greenidge. Courtney, what are you reading? I am finally reading Burnout by Emily and Amelia Nagoski. Oh, what a perfect book to be reading right now. (laughs) That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. If you liked what you heard on today's episode, tell us by leaving a review on iTunes, or if you're so inclined, support us on Patreon, where you can hear our staff's weekly new release Tuesday conversations, read full book reviews in our monthly Shelf Life newsletter, follow along as Hunter and I conquer a classic. This year, we're reading Middlemarch, and receive free media mail shipping on all your online book orders. Just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch. We're so grateful for you, and we look forward to meeting back here next week.